The Order of Light presents We Are the Disclosure with your host, Robert Earl White and Josh Myota, as we explore the extraterrestrial phenomena. Now is the time for those with experiences to speak. We are not waiting for the disclosure. We are the disclosure. Hello, everyone. I'm Robert Earl White. And hi, I'm Josh Myota. I'm Jeff Crawford. Yes, right there. <laughs> and together, we are the disclosure. Welcome, everyone. Tonight, we have a very special guest, a very old friend of mine. We've been working together for almost two years. We go way back. Jeff was one of the first people to interview Elena Denan way back two years ago. Me too, when I first released my UFO crash story. We became very good friends. He has a great podcast, Giant Rock Podcast, covering all ends of all different kinds of phenomena, philosophy, spirituality, technologies, all of the above. Absolutely great stuff. And it's an honor to have him here. And tonight, he's going to open up and share an experience that he shared with me two years ago, but he hasn't really shared it in the public's eye, but it's a phenomenal story and a little bit terrifying and unsettling at the same time, especially for how young he was. But welcome to the show, Jeff. And uh, if you would like, tell everyone a little bit about where you come from and what you've done. And welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Um, where I born and raised in Southern California, basically, but I was born in Long Beach, lived there for a few years, and uh, then my family moved out to Yucca Valley, Joshua Tree, which would Yucca Valley is part of Joshua Tree, and lived there for a few years until we moved to Minnesota, Moorhead, Fargo, Minnesota, to be exact. You know, I lived in Fargo, <laughs> went to, and then. Uh, from there, we lived, you know, my dad was in the food and beverage business. I was like eight, nine years old before we moved there to Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona, which is a suburb of Phoenix, and grew up there basically and um, high school, college, got into to doing film school, going to doing, I wanted to be a radio DJ jockey, and I didn't really cut out. I wanted to be something like MTV. I wanted to do MTV on my own on my own thing. There was a lot of cool things going on in Phoenix with the music scene and everything. And I was involved with that. This is like um, let's see, geez, 1978, 79, to give you mm -hmm. my age. I was 18, 19, out of high out of high school. All right, I wanted to do something. I wanted, you know, like and then um I joined the army before that, and I did two years with that. And I got, came back and went to college, did graphic arts for a while. Then I then I wanted to get back into the music thing. And then they were thinking the scene was getting really good in Phoenix with the bands and everything. And I, my mom had a camera with her business, a video camera, and um, she let me use it. It was a professional one, three-quarter inch Umatic, mm -hmm. meant for television. So it had like a portable thing, portable porta pack where you you know you you know with the VCR portable vcr it was like weighed 40 50 pounds and 
had a big camera laid like another 20, 30 pounds on your shoulder. And you like kind of like walking around like this for a while, shooting bands and going and doing my own thing, you know? And then I, then I put it on cable access. I was doing cable access kind of like before YouTube, there was cable access where you can make your own show. And then you put it on, you put it on a cable and they had a cable channel and then that's how, and they had video equipment. And that's when I, when I started doing that, wow, yeah, video equipment. I can actually do my, I don't have to borrow my mom's camera anymore. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they, they yeah. use their camera. <clears throat> and I did that for a while in Phoenix. And then, then I was uh, kind of syndicated myself, found other shows like me across the country. We traded tapes and they put us on this like channel where there was like a like infomercials and I was the only music thing. So I had to figure like, if, if I was asking them, if I got other people like with me, like me, can I, you put them on right after me? Yeah, we'll do that. No problem. So that's why I started doing trading, doing like this networking thing where like people like me had a show like this guy in Albany, real George's background in Albany, New York. You know, he shot bands. Uh, another kind of guy is out of uh, Lawrence, Kansas, uh, uh, a bomb shelter video out of uh, Frank Harlan. I got to mention names out of uh, uh, Lancaster, Alaska, and came to Seattle, did his thing for a while. And um, yeah, we did that trading for a while. Then it like evolved. And then, then I did, so I got married, got kids, moved to Portland, Oregon. This is in the late 80s. And the music thing was really big there. We were going to go to Seattle, but I was like kind of drowned out. This whole sub pop grunge, you know, thing and everything. And bands weren't, you know, back then bands weren't going traveling up there to Seattle. And they created their own scene, which is cool and everything and then, then it really blew up and it was cool to go there and then i like i visited there i don't want hey i want to live here you know so that's end up uh living in portland for 11 years did a whole bunch of things with bands like interviewed nirvana interviewed alice in chains um i can just like the top bands i'm just thinking of like and then all the portland bands shot in interviews music videos commercials and did cable access there in Portland, Oregon. They had five cable access channels. They had two studios with cameras. They had a, they had a, a mobile production studio with three cameras. So we, I took that to a nightclub first time they had it brand new. Hmm. I talked to the guy, let's go take it to the Satericon. Mentioned the Satericon in Portland, Oregon, ancient kind of like uh, CBGBs of Portland. Hmm. Anyway, so like I took it there, you know, like, real grungy place like these brand new kids the really nervous nerdy guys is it going to get broken oh no no problem man we're gonna be fine and um so we shot bands and anyway so you know it's just like kind of give you the whole overview of what i did so i've um let's see the awards i've won some billboard awards i've got platinum records from doing interviews selling records i've done radio promotion i've done concert promotion i've had nirvana do a show for me in phoenix arizona at the mason jar in, in uh, 1990 and 23 people showed up and um, i had to give them gas money and um, i could go on and on with rock and roll stories but that's where that's I'm awesome <laughs> that's great so you've been in the music industry for quite 40 a while. years almost wow that's amazing and um you know and right now, what you're doing with your podcast, you know, you're talking to a lot of experiencers, contactees, UFOs, aliens, paranormal, things of this nature, right? With Giant Rock Podcast, yeah. And that, yeah. That has, yeah, and that's, 
I don't know. People aren't familiar with that too much. Maybe they've seen it on Ancient Aliens. They did a couple episodes on Giant Rod and mm-hmm. also the Atagatron, which is um, considered a time machine, um, rejuvenation machine. Um, we can get into that later. But anyways, um, I do that. I've been doing Giant Rock podcasts for a little more than two years now. And put out like one or two episodes a month, and um, it's more of a sound design with the mm-hmm. where it's more of radio theater almost like it's where I call it where Art Bell meets Howard Stern, mm-hmm. and um, that's where I kind of play it off, kind of joking, and we have we have a lot of spirituality too mixed into it. It's very and, relaxed. I've been yeah. on it. It's very relaxed. It's just Thank like you. you're talking to an old friend. You know, it's it's nice. I'm not used it. to being interviewed too. I'm used to the guy. I'm the guy interviewing people. That's how. <laughs> so, and then so, being on camera, I'm usually the guy behind the camera. So, like, I'm kind of like, don't look at the camera, okay? I won't look at the camera. I'll look at the camera, anyways. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, it's different. You're in a different. Yeah, I know. Now. So, um, you know, I want everyone out there to know this. About two years ago, Jeff told me something that happened to him when he was young. And it was a very strange experience, something he hasn't shared. And Jeff is very well aware of the extraterrestrial phenomena, UFOs, and all of these things. But this one experience that he talked about that happened to him when he was pretty young, it really stuck with me. And I had so many questions about it. And throughout you know, the past two years, little bits at a time been going through it every time i talked to him i brought it up every single time I, i've never just let it go it's just one of those things where you know it really um perplexed me you know and it really grabbed my attention so jeff if uh if you're ready for it can you please share uh one of your probably first big strange experiences you had Okay, I'll go with the first one. Um, I never told this to anybody, really. Uh, <clears throat> just you, and I've kind of talked about it on the podcast just a little bit, and it's out there with the podcast, Giant Rock. Um, I was, like, living in, like I was telling you, I was living in Yucca Valley's Joshua Tree area. And this is, um, I'm five years old. I've lived there, was living there from my, from 63 to 66, basically. In 1965, I'm five years old, and um, it was the summertime. And in Yucca Valley during that time, it's like I was telling you guys earlier before we came on. It's like a, that the land rush of the 40s, like um, people got land, and they were given land, and they were supposed to make something of the, the five acres and the 44, 40, 40 by 40 house lot they, they, they were allowed to build, and a lot of them abandoned the houses. And, and, you know, there's a lot of that abandoned houses all around there. And that was my playground. And um, I want to get into detail a little bit because I'm remembering things as they come. Before, we, before I came on, I started thinking about and remember more things about what happened. And I'm going to share that. And um, I played inside these abandoned houses, like throwing rocks through the windows. And it was me and my dog. My dog was with me. I was a German shepherd, half wolf. Okay, it was me and my dog, boy and his dog, okay? And, yeah, and I didn't know how to talk. You know, I learned how to read lips. I um, did sign language. 
and um, I'm dyslexic. I have learning disabilities, dyslexia. They didn't know what it was in 1965. They think you're mentally challenged and this and that and the other. You know what I mean. Anyways, so um, I, I, like I said, the backyard, I'm in playing, and it's sunset. I remember, this is the part I start remember. It was sunset coming down, sunset. I'm going, you know, playing, and I kept going out further. I, and I know my way around. I've been playing in these, the, the area for years, three or four years. And just to give you an idea that there's like, it's Mojave Desert. And the Mojave Desert at night gets really cold. It's 20 degrees cooler in the Mojave Desert than it is Palm Springs, which is 30, 40 miles south. It's in the it's up in the mountain range. This this area, okay. And still the desert. And um, it was getting dark, and I was with my dog, and I just like all I remember is light. This light coming out, and it was the sunset, orange and white light. And that's all I remember. And then next thing I remember is I'm laying near the city, way far away from where I live, way far away. I didn't even know where I was at. And the dog's trying to wake me up. I'm laying in the ground. I know I'm, I'm think I'm like, like in a fetal position. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm trying to remember, like, I'm just like trying to keep warm. It's cold. And, um, I see lights in the city lights and then the dogs pushing me go this way. And, um, I get to an area to the main highway, the 29 Palms Highway, and um, there's a man there. He, I think he recognized because they're looking for me. You know what I mean? And um, I get in the the truck with my dog. He gets me in, and I'm going, and I go to um, to my house, and then there's all. The, all these ambulance, not ambulances, fire trucks, cops, everything, all these people, all these, excuse me, all these people. Um, wow. And I got handed through, I was handed through the window. I didn't even get out of the car. I was handed through the window through the to my mom and dad. My dad got me, you know, like not even, they were getting, looking around for me. You know, mm-hmm. and um, that's that's all I remember. And how how long how many how long were you gone? Was this a couple hours? No, it was three days, two nights. Oh my goodness, three, wow. three days, five two years nights. old, yeah. as a kid with his dog. Desert. Wow. That's incredible. And when you you said when you woke up, your dog was still there. Presumably that uh, your dog was with you, it seemed, throughout the time. But do you you just recall that sunset and then boom, it's three days later? I didn't even know I was gone that long. Whoa, 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 whoa. So Mm -hmm. sorry. Don't that remember. must have been a lot. And you said you had a speaking disability. I didn't know how to talk. So you couldn't even express what you just went through. Wow. Wow. Cool. So forward. And Josh, do you, do you have any questions pertaining to that? Because I, I have a few or observations. Right. <laughs> 
Um, do you remember anything else, any sensations or anything when you saw the light? Just dark. Just dark? Just dark. Like light switch went off. Yeah. Gone. Wow. Now, in this area, you know, you said you woke up miles away, closer to a city. You went to this highway, this truck picked you up. You went home. Now, within this area, is there any military bases or anything like that? Yeah, I, I should mention all that. There's the 29 Palms Marine Base. That's the testing ground. That's like that's near Giant Rock, and that's the 29 Palms, which is uh, east of uh, Yucca Valley, east of uh, Joshua Tree, and part of Joshua Tree National Park is part of 29 Palms too. And the wow. and, and also I need to mention that the 29 Palms Marines were doing a line search for me. I found out. When I, you know, later on, when I'm older, oh, the did. Marines were looking for me. So Marines, police officer, firefighters. And the thing is, this these abandoned houses that you would play in, they how far were they from a road? They're like like they were like near my house where I live, there was like three or four right there. They're all over the place. So for you to end up wherever you ended up, it was so far out of the way. There would have been no reason for you to go there. No, because I know where I, you know, I didn't even know where I was at. I played in the same area all the time. You know what I mean? I didn't like wander off hardly at all because like there, there's like mines there too. You could fall in a mine. They probably thought I fell in a mine, you know? Oh, wow. You know, because there's like abandoned mines everywhere. So oh, you can, that could have happened. Oh, but see that boy. you know, but I I knew the spots. You know, what I mean, playing even when you're a kid, you know, and you have your dog. You know, and the dog knows more of the area than I did. You know, like he guy guided me more or less, right? So like, I knew the area real well. You know, and there were so many houses, abandoned houses outside, more abandoned houses than houses being lived in at that point there. Yeah, and a few interesting little points I want to point out, you know, about your dog. Last week we talked to our guests, you know, he talked about his dog being calm, docile during his experience. We had uh, Jim Cork whose dog had that experience in Hawaii, you know, and it, it's weird sometimes uh, in these interactions and experiences, strange happenings, that animals are often involved. And somehow, you know, what, what happened to your dog during that time? I mean, we don't know, but it's very, very interesting. And this military base being there. And then Josh, his eyes lit up with mine when you were talking about these old mines. You know, we had Judy's story about the UP and the mines and a lot of the activity and not just UFO activity, but underground military facilities, things like that. And you're bringing up this Marine base where they do, uh, you know, uh, experiments target practice other things of that nature right yeah there's a other experience that 
that we I had there when I was a kid. And then it, it was a during Sunday school. I told you about this. And um it was like that's what kind of drew me to Giant Rock, like something I knew then this is a like a premonition that happened, felt like some a memory coming back of this happening seven this is one of the memories came back seven years ago that I had of Sunday school and we were going out there and I scraped the, my side. I'm running, there's like, I'm running, I hit a, a side of the, uh, the building that had brick and I scraped my side because everybody, hey, look out there. And everybody was pointing, all the kids were pointing at UFO north of, uh, towards Giant Rock area, um, around with Pioneer Town, which is north of uh, Yucca Valley in the mountain range. And we, everybody saw that. We all, we all looked at it and it was like, kind of like no big deal for everybody, kind of like for a little bit, like, oh, okay. And then we all went, and went on to play. Wow. You know? And that, that school is in the same town where you Yeah, to Yucca Valley. This is in the same, around the same time. This, this is a memory that came back seven years ago. And the whole class saw it. Wow. Yeah, everybody saw and it. Anyone out there, if you know anyone that went to school that year at that school and they saw this, this please this is comment a church it too. and reach out. This is yeah. church, so it's a Sunday school. I, I I don't know exactly the location. I've been trying to find it too, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's go, it's north, a little bit north of Yucca Valley, just a little bit. It's in, in near this Boulder area. That's what I remember. And wow. uh, so, yeah, if anybody remembers, please, I'm I'm still doing research on it. I'm trying to find articles. If anybody has articles on what happened to me, that'd be great. If anybody can come out and tell me where I can find that, that'd be great. I'm still looking. Absolutely. And one side note I want to pull up, and I'm so sorry this happened to you, Jeff. Uh, You know, it's really something to really ponder about. You know, was this extraterrestrials? Could this have been some private military experiment? You know, could it be something else entirely? We don't know, trying to figure it out. But, you know, there's a military base there. You got all mines. You got UFO. You got a lot of different activity going there. But, you know, hearing your story, and most of people out there are familiar with the series, The Missing 411. You know, the, you know, 400,000 people that just vanish and disappear in very mysterious ways. And Jeff, it sounds like, you know, you could have easily became a part of that statistic, but you were one of the ones that was able to come back, you know? And it's very strange, because like you said, it gets really cold out in that desert. You didn't have no food or water for three days. You're nothing. in a desert. I was just You're in a desert. Nothing. Yeah. Where are you going to get water from? You know, like... How how did you survive that? You know, you you watch survival shows, right? Survival shows where it's professionally military trained men that go out and they're like, "This is what you need to do to survive for three days with no food or water." And here you are, a five year old kid, not dressed. I'm sure you weren't dressed appropriately for a three day excursion, especially and at night. Nothing at for the night. night exactly like how did you survive that what what is your take on that what what do you make out of it always like i knew something always happened because like when like after that happened we moved out out of yucca valley my mom (laughs) 
Really? Of course, me being missing, she didn't want that to happen to me again. I'm I'm pretty sure, you know what I mean, being gone that long. And so we moved to Moorhead, Fargo, you know, Fargo, you know, North Dakota, Moorhead, Minnesota. And they had a business opportunity they took, and they took it. My dad, my dad had an established restaurant called The Hut, and it was like, now it's called The Jelly Donut, but it's called The Hut, and it was a bar restaurant. My dad ran it for three or four years, and I, I don't know why, and then he liked it there. He lived, he, and he had arthritis. He didn't want to move, I know that, but my mom wanted to move to that area, and then and this is right after this has happened you know, mm-hmm. and, um, to get out of there. So like, even like experiences when I was living there were like, wow. I, I felt like an, there was angelics coming to visit me. And, um, I felt so, like some sort fe- of feminine, fire. Yeah. Very, entity. very bright, feminine, feminine, touching feminine. And it was like, and I, I seen it when I was a little kid. And then like, felt like it was like almost like the Holy spirit. And, um, and I'm not very religious at all. And, um, the, so I had that feeling, you know, of like, uh, like that. It was, a, was a comfort, a comfort, a reassurance. Yeah, it was very comfort. A- it was no fear to it. And even with the experience I had, when I think about it, you know, like later on, when, when after it was like no fear. There was no fear involved. Nothing. It was nothing to hurt. No, no, it was not to here to hurt me. And I kept that after when I like lived in Minnesota, having those angel experiences. Like I was living there from '66 to '70, and uh, ten years old, I moved. We moved to Scottsdale, Phoenix, Arizona. And and then that's where I started seeing more. I, when I was going to high school, we, I'd see in the around the we lived right near the Pima Reservation, Scottsdale, Arizona, Pima Road, and the McDonald. It's like this park right there, and we used to hang out in the park and get smoke weed and shit. Excuse my language, but in, like we used to do that, and then like watch things going out and out in the in the reservation because there's nothing there. There's nothing built on the Pima Reservation. Nothing. It was just nothing but barren land. City, and then the reservation, it was cut off. And then we see things out there all the time. You know, and then, like, I just thought, I, I went, even I read UFO books when I was a kid, when I started reading. That was the first books I started reading. Everything I could on it. And, um, yeah, we've seen them all the time. And then, um, and this is in Phoenix. And, um especially in the, around the reservation there, around the Pima reservation. And this is like during the daytime, mostly not nighttime. These mm-hmm. are daytime sightings I'm talking about and everything. So like they, they're far, they're kind of, they're far out there. You can see, but there's no, there's no air traffic out there because the airport's on the other side of town at that point. And, um, Again, like we kind of like as kids, we kind of made it a little bit big deal seeing these things a little bit, but not really. It was not every day. It's like once in a while we see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, it's like when like maybe twice a year, maybe. You know what I mean? But it was like that seemed more consistent. You know what was going on and what I thought at that point. When I think about it, looking back, and um, anyways, that's interesting. I mean. Josh knows, uh, you know, a lot of native connection to 
extraterrestrial great spirits other energies things like that i've heard a lot of stories about reservations almost being safe havens for some of these craft to interact because they have certain laws and military isn't allowed to go over them and things like that and you know it's kind of a safe haven that's very interesting and when you, uh, when something happened not to excuse me to interrupt you but when in the nineties, you know, like with, with the Phoenix lights, you know, then that can like, wow, it's there, it's getting press, you know, because a lot of us seen it a lot as kids, like, especially around the reservation, you know, like you were mm -hmm. talking about, like, it's always happening out east of, of the city and everything. And then like when the Phoenix light happened, that was uh, west of the city and everything, which is interesting, which is the, you know, the, the mountain range out there is interesting, which is near a nuclear plant, which doesn't come too much of a surprise that happening. Yeah, definitely big nuclear connection as well. And Josh, do you have any questions? Yeah, uh, uh, to what's his... your first experience? How did your parents rationalize what happened to you in them three days? Like, uh, what did your mom and dad think happened? Or the police <laughs> or the Marines? that to say how like it was like i didn't really talk to my mom about it like oh so i couldn't talk you know what i mean and it was like all mm -hmm. i remember is like we moved out of there like she wanted to get out of there because like i i'm a special needs kid the way she looked at it she was very um coddling very um mom, you know. <laughs> very motherly mother. way overbearing sometimes you know what i mean and very she worried a lot so she you know so that's and my and then my dad was more real stern you know what i mean so like i from what i gather is like he 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 we wanted to stay there and she wanted to go because of what happened because she didn't want me to fall in a mine she always said you you could have fell in a mine you know and so that's later on you know and, and your dad was the guy like mighty pythons it's just the flesh wound you know yeah more like that where your mother was you know i'm afraid next time we're not going to get him back exactly Something scared her to the point to get up out of there well, there's no way to control where i went there's no fence okay in the backyard there's no neighbor really okay we had like sporadical houses around if you knew the area look at the area it's still like that now except for yucca valley is built up now but like, like it's like more like like what Yucca Valley used to be is what Twenty Nine Palms is like now. It's mm -hmm. more like that. Where Twenty Nine Palms back then was nothing, and nothing around around there. I mean, there's one highway in to you know that that Palm the Twenty Nine Palms Highway in from from the the Interstate Ten. You know, if you wanted to get out, it's forty minute drive just to get to to the main freeway. Just to wow. give you an idea. So okay. You were out there. You were out there. <clears throat> we're way out there. And my dad was there for his arthritis. He had arthritis and it was good. That sun, he, why would he, he, I, he always complained living in Minnesota. I'm aching. That's why we moved back to Phoenix. We moved to Phoenix because he wanted to get for his arthritis for the heat. Yeah. And it's just like, I never, like, never understood until later like why don't we you know like ask my mom when you know later on like why do we move there you know because you know, i didn't want you to fall in a mine you know mm. a mine shop so like like the the duration i never really questioned the duration that much, you know what i mean because and, to you 
it was just like that. Yeah. And plus, like, I didn't couldn't communicate to her. You what, know what happened? I mean? Yeah, what like, happened? Hey, I don't remember everything in between that time. And it's very little what I remember till like these little pieces are coming back still. You know what I mean? When I like put think into it hard, think like really think about it. You know, it's meditate like tiny little pieces coming. Yeah, you got to meditate. Have you ever considered regression therapy? Been thinking about that. I've been. I live in Los Angeles, by the way, okay. and um, there's a lot of people that I've been. There's one guy that uh, George Norrie see that did that, did a regression. I want to talk to him maybe. And um, he's really good. He's in town here. He's just like three miles from where I live. So <laughs> I was right thinking on. on hitting him up, you know, because I want to know what happened. Because, like, look, I'm really looking into it. There, I can't find any articles on it in the local paper. Why? I have no clue. I can't get the direct the exact time I know the year that I just found that through getting my report card after my mom died in 2018. Okay. Yeah. So I just found that out. Like, and then I, then my, then I, that 2000, yeah, 2018, I just found out what year, you know? Mm -hmm. So now I have to go back and search and then it's just like, and then COVID happening and everything shut down. It's like, I've, I've been going, I've been going out there. I just went out there like last month and everything doing a recording and everything and uh i was gonna everything was still shut down mm -hmm. and everything and i want to get into the the you know the the microfish you know where with the article see if i can find anything and within that year there's got to be something a boy I mean? goes missing for three days yeah there's you know got, it's got to be front page news i think. you know it you know it and uh, i'm sure after everything opens up again you will be able to go through and, you know, they have to have that catalog somewhere for sure. Wow. Because, you, you know, you have to go, like, I didn't know what exact year because I was living there for like four or five, about five years. And then, you know, you have to have the exact year to find, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you get to look through it. Right. Anyways, so that's where I'm at with that. And I went to the, the Morongo Valley Historical Society and everything and that's how i found out where my dad's restaurant was and what the name was i saw i have old ads from my dad that i got and i told them what was going they're right by giant rock and they have a whole bunch of things on giant rock the space conferences of van tassel things like that and everything and they heard of my dad and my dad was vice president of the elks club i just don't see him why want to pick up and leave all that that's just like my still blows my mind my dad like no way i'm not gonna do that like, yeah, you got it. Let's get out of here. He might fall in a mine again. You know, so anyways, I, you know, that's how she was. <laughs> she wanted to protect her son. I understand yeah. that, you know, and something to piggyback, Jeff, something I haven't really shared. When I was around four, three years old around there, I think I was actually three years old, even younger, but somehow, sometime I got out of my house, walked like two, three miles down the road. I don't remember any of this whatsoever. Uh, completely blank. Couldn't remember if I tried. This is just what my family always told me growing up. And they said it was nighttime and I was, I'm tall now, but I wasn't that tall. I wouldn't have been able to reach the doors. All the doors were locked. There was no explanation. They were freaking out. 
you know, looking all over for a good hour, hour and a half. And, you know, I was maybe four or five miles down the street. Just, I, I don't, I don't know anything. So I understand that com- complete block of knowing absolutely nothing about it. And I only know that from my mother and grandmother always telling me the story. Remember that time you scared us half to death, <laughs> you know? Uh, one of those things, you know, but it was very strange. And my mom had a very similar experience as well. But, um, man, that, that must have been, I just, I can't imagine, Jeff, you going through this and not being able to, like, there's a lot of people that say, well, I, I'm afraid to be ridiculed. I'm afraid of rejection. So I don't speak about my experiences, but you couldn't speak about it. And Jeff, that brings me to this next point. Do you think there was any connection, you know, to your disabilities and maybe of what was going on and maybe why this happened to you to begin with? Yeah, after talking when I, like, doing my research in Yucca Valley in 2000, uh, what was it, 17? And that's where I found, like, about the giant rock and everything, and about Integatron. And I found uh, his nephew that was still alive, Chad C. Me. And Chad has done, like, I've been on podcasts talking about his experiences. And then we start, and when I hit him up on Facebook, we start talking. And then he was telling me, like, he has dyslexia too and disabilities. And he had ended up going to Giant Rock and then missing in time too, time missing, disappearing, everybody looking for him. And we talked about it. He said there was like a group of people during that time, kids and other people like with disabilities that were disappearing and coming back. He, would, he told me that. So I just, you know, Whoa. I, you know, there's like, then that's like when I start doing the research on Giant Rock, everything like when i remembered in 2017 what happened I, and i'll tell you exact what it was veterans day i'm a veteran <laughs> army veteran and um <clears throat> coming out it was like at, we came out of applebee's out of yucca valley jennifer and i and my wife and like god something happened to me and that's where i remember the church you know the event and like that it happened over here you know and then um it was veterans day free meal <laughs> and um so, like, with something going on up here, and with something north of here, and I didn't even know anything about Giant Rock or Integratron. And I went home, when I got home in Los Angeles, I looked on my computer, and like, what, on Google Maps, like, what's going on here? And that's where I found it, the Integratron. I went, what is that? You know, and then I, then this, the big rabbit hole, like, wow, UFO, yeah. that's where I found Chad, you know, through that, those channels and everything. And then that's the, that's where the pieces start coming together a little more. Like something really happened to me, you know, where these three days, like, and then all these things, UFOs, like my wife and I see, we see it, you know, one time we saw it coming out, coming from Los Angeles back to Phoenix, going out courtside over Arizona on I-10, just um, before you go to the, um, to the Kingman Highway um, exit, <laughs> I know exactly where it happened. And it, we thought it was a helicopter coming right in front of the of the highway, the freeway. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. It was a freaking UFO 
freaking UFO wow. comes right in and it flew so quick and everybody stopped and like like right in front of us like it was like you know like et where he's going like he like he's in the the, the car what's his name richard dreyfus and then he thinks it's a truck and it keeps waving it was like that yeah. felt like that for a minute like the lights were like that coming right at us like oh no it's coming that and it just like turn turn down your high beams you know what i mean flashing a ufo oh my god and uh so like i've i've had like that that close experience i had like a giant rock i want to get into this like it, like once i started going there like giant rock like and they're like we were really looking for it looking nothing nothing going there nothing and suddenly we went there once and then there was this big shadow it's clear it's clear as a bell outside now one cloud in the sky a shadow over us we're going, there's a dirt road from the integratron to the giant rock it's a mile and a half a lot of all-terrain vehicles go on it and everything and there's people flying around on people go to giant rock because of what the space conference and go there and check out giant rock i wanted to do that too usually you go to the integratron first then you check that out then they then you go to giant rock anyways you're going there and there's this big shadow and it's like what and i got out of the car like and there's nothing there it's like like a cloak <laughs> a cloak ufo i think swear to god and it just like watched the shadow going towards go mountain just going slowly across what everything was the shape of the shadow it was oval <laughs> long two or three football fields long about 60 70 yards wide that's awesome. at least <laughs> And I, you know what I mean? So that was like, wow. We both got out of the car. I wish I had my camera, like on my phone, like right then, like, damn it. Anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and then like, so that's where like, and I've had missing time going to giant rock and there's other people that when I've had on my podcast, talk about missing time at giant rock. And then some of the experiences that people had at giant rock have not been good, been really horrible for them. Our main fear. I just like one time I went there, there's like no one there. It's the middle of the summer and no one wants to go there when it's 110. I just go there for the connection yeah. and everything. And uh, walked so, around. I, I just want to say something. So you said you've talked to other people as well that have experienced some sort of missing time within this area. So it's not just you, you know? It's apparently happened to a lot of different people, yeah, right? It's been ongoing there for a long time, from what wow. I found out. This is through doing the the podcasts and talking to people. You know what I mean? Just similar to what you guys are doing. Yeah. And wow. um, this is some of the stories, like, and then the the connection with the Integratron, and then like with with Giant Rock, it's a a sacred spot. Barbara Harris, I had her on. She's a historian on Giant Rock. And it, it was a sacred area for only shaman were allowed near it. And then they went there for, I think, a winter solstice. Like, came, tribes from the southwest would go there. And only the shaman were allowed there. And it was a big, like, a spiritual party, you know, like, for the solstice. And um, it's just, like, and then they have on Giant Rock, there's a, there's a hieroglyphic of, of a, of a, of a, a scorpion on there that hasn't been destroyed by graffiti. Not very You have to get up there real high, but you can see it still. But the, um, it's, but the, the stories behind giant rock, I, I don't know if I want to get into that too much, but like, you know, like, um, that's more of the professional, like Barbara Harris could tell the story better than I can yeah. when it comes to the now, history of that. 
But anyways. So this whole area, you know, sounds highly active. Is this an energy grid? Is it on a ley line? What? Yeah, it's on a, according to Van Tassel, if you, you know, if, I don't know if you read the, you know, like I gave you read the seven councils of light and he kind of talks about that a little bit. Where the where the Tegatron sits is on a uh, geomatic highway where there three or four geomatic highways meet at once right there and part and part of it's like part of uh, with the thirty third parallel it runs off that and that's where <laughs> Giant Rock is is in between that and that and he specifically bought that land there and uh, um, there's a few other monuments that fall on that uh, parallel as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, Joshua Tree, too, you know, that's considered a vortex, too, I guess. I mean, but if, if when I'm thinking about it, like what I what I know is like with from my research myself, just on the Integatron itself, like it's it's like Van Tassel was building um, what he wanted to build a rejuvenation machine where he'd make people, you know, you walk through you get rejuvenated and you become younger where you can live longer. And he was given this information from doing a channeling with uh, men from Venus that were watching him and the his name was Yoganda. And they, he came down in a UFO. They came down in a ship and he, he was, his uh, son-in-law woke him up and said there's there's look out here and he came out there and he went into the ship and they told him this information and this info this this whole story is on youtube you could find this on on george van tassel you can just google up george van tassel and the, the interview is right there and he talks about how he went in there and they gave him this information to build the integratron and they kept coming back they came back in cadillacs he said they came back you know, like wow. men in black and giving them this information. They look like us. He kept saying they all, they, they all look like us. And he said when they look like they look like they're in their 40s and they look like this real real tan guy and real like a blonde, like he was describing a blonde. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they were, you know, and they came back and given them more information to build the Ategatron because once you gain, you get old enough, you gain this wisdom. And once you gain wisdom, then, you know, you, you could help the planet. You could help everybody. So, like, we're not living long enough. And then these, the people that he talked to are seven or 800 years old, and they didn't look a day over 35. That's so amazing. that's what he was building. And then also, it was also built off the Rife technology, off Tesla technology. And the, the whole building doesn't have any metal pieces to it. It's all built out of wood and glue. And the wood is made from the same wood that was made from the spruce goose that Howard Hughes had. Howard Hughes used to fly in to, to, to Giant Rock and give bags of money to George Van Tassel to build the Integatron. Wow, wow. I did, uh, everyone check it out in my other videos here on the channel, uh, 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 it was called The Wall of Secrecy, A Peek at the Truth of Extraterrestrials specifically talked a lot about Howard Hughes and his flying boat, you know, and some of the things he was doing in secret space programs and designing. That's very, very interesting. And it sounds like what he was doing with this Integatron was harnessing the Earth's energy and almost like a frequency healing 
and actually made this because it's a dome-like structure, right? It's a domed. It's it's dome. It's more like a tabernacle. That's what Van Tassel has. Seventeen sides to it, and then the two levels. There's two levels to it. The upper level is where the energy came. Come was supposed to build up energy through wires and everything. And when we I, we talked about you and I talked about Eric Dollar. You know, and then you studied, I gave you stuff about him. And Eric Dollard used to work with Van Tassel building this. And then, anyways, Eric Dollard said that that the Integatron really is a Stargate. That's awesome. And it has some, I think, in what I read, it was mentioning that it was modeled off of Moses's tabernacle. Yeah, exactly. So, now, what does that tell you about what they were doing back then and it, this holy site, what was actually going on in there were humans being genetically modified and upgraded using 528 Hertz, which is the heart chakra repair DNA and who like what? <laughs> That's wild. You know, and if, Ooh. and this is like 1950s, I mean, Van Tassel spent his whole life building the Ategatron. Wait, what? So was the, Great question. Was the Integatron there when you went missing? Yes. So all this wild stuff was already going on. Space conferences. He had he had a uh, intergalactical space conference every year in May, from 1954 to 1976. Wow. I'll give you how long he's been was doing it at Giant Rock. And then one, one year they had uh, up to 30,000 people. Wow. And um, there's pictures of that Life magazine covered it one year. And wow. um, there's, there's articles you could Google up on that. And um, you can, it, all that's there on the, on the Giant Rock podcast gallery, by the way. And uh, you don't have to Google up. Just go to Giant Rock gallery. <laughs> yeah. And um, no, really, but it's like he's, he was like, doing that for years and then he um after howard hughes died you know he was like really strapped for cash and he was struggling to finish it and um and then he was being being on the long john noble show which was before our belt in wr in new york he was going with amdinsky on there all the time and the fbi was following him mm-hmm. all the time and they have there's an fbi report calling all earthlings is a documentary out on amazon that you could watch for free that explains the whole story of Van Tassel and it gets in depth about, about Long John Noble showing how he went there and then the feds were on him. And then, so Van Tassel had not only the FBI on him, you know, and everything, he was struggling for cash. So he created the, the quarterly magazine, the proceedings. He focused on that, trying to get people to donate money to help finish it. And then he, could, he did, he was, had a lot of scientists working on it, including Eric Dollard. And because he worked with Lockheed, you know, with, with Howard Hughes, he was a test pilot for Howard Hughes by Van Tassel. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he, you know, he had all these connections with Lockheed and everything. Big, big and people. Howard Hughes had his uh, aerospace company, whatever, aviation in Malibu, California as well. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. that's I something I learned in 
you know, doing my research, but he had his own thing and that was out in Malibu. And I wonder if Van Tassel would worked with him on that. Cause he was a test pro- pilot for him. You know what I mean? Probably. And also Howard Hughes and Adamski also buddy buddies there. There's it's this big inner circle of characters. Yeah. Well, Adamski, you know, and Van Tassel were real close friends. It's so there the you go. same group of people, and Adamski had the FBI following him and everyone else, and very interesting. A lot of activity all in this one little area that just so happens you went missing. Do you, do you think there's some sort of connection to the military base, to them, you know, inviting and channeling all sorts of activity? It has to be, because out? whenever I meditate, you know, that they whenever I concentrate, like even remembering, like I clear the mind and just relax and, you know, clear the mind and try to like dig, dig deep back into that memory. And that's where I remembered like the, the sunset, that light come, you know, and, um, and that's just the recent memory just now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's hard to talk about a little bit because it was very emotional. Um, and there's so much unknown of that experience. Yeah. And, you know, you sometimes you feel a little violated. Like, for example, all right, yeah, I was missing, but not knowing it, I kind of I kind of feel violated. What happened during that time? Why don't I know about it? You know, it, it's weird. When you, weird. you know, read about it, other people's experiences, and it's like some of it's good, some of it's bad. So and then you don't know, and then you... Like you were saying, I wasn't able to communicate. I wish I could. You know, it's like later on I had the questions, but that's like a decade and a half later I was able to It was too late. Yeah, way too late. Too late. And when did you finally start speaking? Until it was about seven or eight. Wow. You know, and um, yeah, come a long ways. (laughs) 62. Oh, yeah. So the Integatron, everyone check that out. Van Tassel, really amazing stuff. Jeff Jeff has been educating me on Giant Rock and all this stuff. But uh, moving forward. So, and Josh, did you have anything on that before I? Uh, Yeah. Do you want to share some of your more recent experiences with us? Thank you for asking that. Yes, I do. Um yeah like um shoot two was it two years ago it's going on two and a half years ago just be when i started doing the to the doing the giant rock podcast in my backyard porch here and um i was doing ce5 meditation on my own with the prop circle tones using a um a bluetooth little bluetooth speaker and um and i had the green laser and i and like i'm just pointing at the laser at like stars and this one it came from a star and it came down i live in los angeles culver city okay and it's a big city there's a lot of air traffic i know and everything but it came down into the backyard and i i i'm there's someone else's backyard i have a porch that looks upon the backyard and um and then it came down and i I just felt this energy of, it's going to sound crazy, but it, all you need is love by the Beatles were playing in my head when they came. 
And I started singing that in my head with them. And, we were, and then I started dancing with them. And I have it on tape. I videotaped it on my camera and everything. I have it on tape. And then it's like it's dancing. And I'm moving the laser up and down and it's dancing with the laser like a bouncing ball on a song. And everything mm-hmm. it was awesome, man. And, and I loved it. It loved me. And I love, 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 love. It was awesome, man. And, um, oh, wow. And um, then, the, like, I, like, I just couldn't believe I had to call. I, it was happening for hours. I got everybody up from the house. Like, I got Lane up. Lane, look. My son. Look, look at this. Like, it's 3 o'clock. And I'm like, look, look, it's still there, man. Look, look. It's still, like, how so long was dad. it there? And I got Jennifer up and showed my wife, Jennifer, like, wow, that's cool. Like, can I go to bed now? <laughs> like, like, it's how, no big deal for her. For me, long? it was a great, I loved it. You know what I mean? So. That was the how, first time in my backyard that How long was that object there for? Jeez. An hour? No. Four or five hours. Wow. Oh my. Interacting with you each yeah. time. Until the crack of dawn. It was summer. What? <laughs> That's wild. That's awesome. That's- and then the second time was a week and a half later. And I was doing the crop circle tones, and it came from another direction. It came from the, from the west. The first one came from the northwest. This one came from the west. And then that's, you know, the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. And, um, geez, it, came, it seemed like it did the same thing. This time it, it came down flashing, and I gave you the footage on that, Robert. Mm-hmm. And you saw that. It came down, and it started flat. And that's where I had the... Um, I had the the the, the Waz camera, the Wise camera, little little thirty five dollar camera, like you know, like whatever the you can put in your backyard, and it has um, infrared on it. And um, and infrared, you know, just to let everybody know, infrared. I know I'm a cinematographer also, and infrared is like where the human eye can't see certain colors and everything, full spectrum. There's colors that the human eye can't see. Infrared, certain things you cannot see, the human eye can't see, that infrared can. Mm-hmm. So in saying that, I knew that based on my knowledge. And so, like, I, knew, like, I had the cameras because I knew it. I saw it, I saw it there, and I wanted to get it on the camera and not have to worry about, like, trying to focus on holding the microphone on the walkie-talkie and a Bluetooth and my cell phone at the same time. That's why I got the camera. <laughs> so I didn't have to hold like three things at once and I can concentrate on looking at it and getting mm-hmm. and focusing on the meditation part. Anyways, so um and so I was able to record it off my phone at that point with Waz on the on the app. And um so I recorded that and it, and then like I was playing the tones and using the laser too, and it was coming flashing the laser off and on and it would flash right back. It was doing the flash ball flash back right back at me. And then it was coming down and that lasted for like two hours, a little less time than the time before. So then after that, then I bought a couple more surveillance cameras. I bought two more and then I had three because I wanted to cover the whole area and everything. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have to worry about like holding this, holding that. And I was able to concentrate on the meditation and the CE5 you know, holding the, holding the walkie talkie with the Bluetooth and everything. And I'll get into how I changed that later in here in a second. And so then 
like I'm, I'm going in and suddenly like, boom, I felt this energy. Like, and it's like, I turn around and I looked on the camera, on the camera app on the app. And then these four orb things flew in to the, towards the porch from the backyard, like came from the top of the sky and I got it all on recording and it came down and, it, and then it like dent and it flew off and it vanished. And that like, wow, that really blew me away. And I sent that to everybody I knew, like you and everybody, Robert, and everybody I knew. Look at this. My God. Yep. And, um, and that then, wasn't uh, it. Yeah. And then, then it started happening. Like Again. I was talking to my godson, and he says, like, he does, we, we, we do, med- do meditation. He, and he, I had him on the podcast. And after the podcast, he was saying, like, Jeff, that's going to happen all the time now. Once they come, they don't stop coming. And I went, I went, yep. I was going to myself, is that a good thing? Oh, so what? I'm used to them. And, um, and, uh, like they kept coming and I kept recording and I kept like, it is like the energy is just like overwhelming. Like every time I did the podcast, sometimes like I we do, a med- I do a meditation before I do my podcast and I can, and after I do it, then they yeah. would come too, and I could feel them coming. I could feel them. I could feel the bliss of love, mm-hmm. love. The pure, hard to explain. And your uh, intentions were pure and love. That's what you were feeling. That's what you were putting out. That's what you were receiving. And I've seen the videos and the, it kept progressing, the interactions. And there were, sometimes there would be four. Sometimes there would just be two of them. And or there'd be fly, eight. I've had eight. information. You know, bugs don't fly in formation. So like, so like with the crops, so I've been getting these and I've been recording hundreds and hundreds of these. And I've been talking, I found, I'd started looking around on the internet, see if other people have been getting them on. And there's other people been getting them. And I recorded them and I talked to these people too and everything. And like one of them ended up on the news, like they, someone's bringing a drone down and spying on people. And this lady's really scared. <laughs> like, oh my God. They don't even know. Yeah. And it's clearly <laughs> not a drone. Yeah. It's Definitely clear, not a drone. The way they not. fight. And then like I've had people, there's spider webs. I went, I've had I have hundreds of hours of spider webs. I'll give you footage yeah. of that. You want spider yeah. webs? They kind of look a little bit like that, but nothing they don't fly off from from the top of the sky all the way down and fly in circles and then join together and head and they become like one ball for a second, and then they go Psh! And then I've yeah. had one, I've had, I've sent you one where it's a big ball flying and these sparks, these things are flying off it. I've had one where it came from the back, the ground of the backyard and splintered off into many pieces. I've had where um, it's plasmatic. I'm still trying to find that one. I have so much footage. It's plasmatic, it comes right into the camera. It's fried my cameras too. These things fried my camera. I go through like, I, I have bought like, six cameras since i've been doing this the ways uh, cameras it yeah they fry, the them. they fry them yeah they fry them i think it's the high energy so i figured out this these high frequencies and everything that the the, the frequency of the crop circle tones is the beacon and i i know that from based from ce5 so i use it. the beacon is like it could be anywhere Granted, look, I'm in Los Angeles in Culver City with 23 million people, and they're coming right in my backyard. Explain that, okay? And I've been on the CE5 app and explain that, trying to get other people, hey, come in my backyard. Let's do this together. 
And after a while, like no one shows up like hell with it. I'm going to do it myself. I could, you know, and that's already that way anyway. So it doesn't matter. Right. So like, anyways, so like I decided like, well, God, I, you know, like I can't hold the, the Bluetooth and the, and the walkie talkie together all the time. It's just a big hassle. So I got um, a little FM transmitter that puts out 10 watts, you know, I bought it on eBay and, um, and then, and then, and then I bought an antenna. I bought a, um, a dipole antenna. So I put it out in the backyard and then I ran, I'm, I have a recording studio basically right here, mixing board, everything. So I, you know, downloaded into a nice wave file, the crop circle tones and everything and, and mixed it myself <laughs> and, uh, and made my, made my own. And then everything, and I've been broad, and I broadcast it, and I have video footage of that. I sent you where the the orbs are wrapping themselves around the antenna. They come down and start. They 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 kind of like wrap themselves around the antenna, around the around the energy of that that of the signal. And then then yeah. what makes me thinking is like I've been in broadcasting for a year, forty years. And I'm just like, has anybody in broadcasting? And I know I'm live here. Has anybody in broadcasting radio getting these experiences? Like engineers on that working on transmitters, working on the tower. If they have a camera, they've seen orbs like this. I like to know because I'm question, you know, because like I because like with especially if it's under an infrared camera. And um, so, anyways, that's where I'm at now with them and everything. I it's like I I I may I have a better system where I able to where I I can just run the crop circle tones without holding anything. And focus on my meditation and the energy I'm of, of almost like remote viewing. You know what I mean? I'm I'm here. I'm looking at a map and I'm I'm in this location. This is where I'm at. I'm here. I'm here. This is I'm in Culver City. This is where I'm at. And one more thing before I finish what I'm talking about. When before these things started, there was an earthquake <laughs> literally next to my where I live. And it ended up on, you know, I have a screenshot of where, you know, they ended up on the GES, the geological survey thing. And it, if people felt it, but it was like, it was like one of these rare fault lines that hit. And then suddenly that's when they started happening too, more after this earthquake, just saying, I don't know if there's a connection, but I'm, Oh yeah. There, I don't know. Yeah. So that's where it's that's like, to answer your question there, there in a seismic way, there activity, seismic activity gives off gamma rays also not far from where you live in la out in from the west out in that water there's a little base there also you didn't mention this but there's an old nuclear facility down down from you up along the beach as well uh right jeff yeah well you know like point hume right there you know like uh um what is it uh point magoo in santa monica mountains right there by um by the naval base, uh, where is that? Oxnard, mm-hmm. which is like near near Malibu, the Highway One. And there's like this they called it the sand dune. I've done CE five there. Called on the sand dune. It's a big sand dune. It goes all the way up to the mountain. It's the wind and everything. It's not by water. It's by wind. Mm-hmm. And there's a submergible base supposedly that's right there. If you looked on Google and I, you know, people covered this and everything and. Um, I've I've done crop circle tones where I had uh, dolphins come up over there and everything and birds come in flying and hey what's going on 
And it's like oh, the, the animals are connected to it, to the, the to the to the crop circle tones, just to let you know. And the reason, mm-hmm. and I've used them around hummingbirds too. They're connected too. So part of me says these worms are connected to the hummingbirds and the birds because I get we get a lot of bird activity in my porch now. A lot. I get scrubs, everything, songbirds, everything. We put my wife puts bird food up, but we get a tremendous amount more than we're used to. Just saying. That's great. It's good for nature. They love they love the tones. <laughs> Any questions, Josh? Before uh no, it was awesome, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's amazing, Jeff. All these incredible experiences. Without a doubt, California has a lot of strange stuff going on. And I truly cannot imagine what it must have been like to go through that missing time experience. And I'm so glad that you are one of the fortunate ones that was found because there's 400,000 people that go missing constantly and they're never found in very mysterious circumstances. I'm glad you're not a part of that statistic. With that being said, Jeff, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you, to contact you, and see what you're doing? Okay, here we go. Giant Rock Podcast. That's giantrockpodcast.com. You can find me right there. Also on Facebook, Giant Rock Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and all these other fun spots on social media. Also, Giant Rock Podcast at g at gmail.com also i do a show called well, a pod i used to do a tv show called bohemia after dark it was a music show that was that i've been doing for shoot almost 44 years now anyways a little bit more 40 anyhow i do a podcast now it used to be a tv show in the 90s grind rock and hip-hop and all that fun stuff and um i do a podcast called bohemia after dark podcast it's on Podbean and uh, several other pl- streaming platforms, but you can find me there. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Perfect. Thank you so Thank much. You. It's been a blast. And everyone out there, you know, if you want to get a hold of Josh or I, go into the description along there. You will find Jeff's information. Josh is running our podcast on Spotify and Anchor, so make sure to check that out. Thanks, Josh, for doing all that work for me. <laughs> also, thank you, Josh. Thank you're you, doing, uh, Josh. You're doing something on Facebook for the group, right? Oh uh, yeah, be sure to check out our uh, Facebook group. We are the Disclosure. So yep, that's in, in the Facebook description. Yeah, go say hi. I can't. I'm deleted from Facebook. Can't make a new account. But Josh <laughs> is on there holding down the fort. So okay. go show him some love. Socks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get in my Facebook experiences. <laughs> oh yeah, go go through it. So I appreciate everyone. I'll see you next week. Everyone have a wonderful night. Thanks again, Jeff. Josh, thank you, guys. amazing show. Thank you, everybody, thank you so much. Peace. <laughs>